Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, hello everyone and welcome to church. It is so good to have you with us today. If you have got your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew 25, verse 31 to 45, it says this. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, the sheep, to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. I love that part. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the series that we are in. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, that you would come and you would minister and speak. Father, that wherever we may be, your Holy Spirit would fill that place and would speak to our spirits today. We love you, God. We honor you today. And every person said, Amen. Amen. My message today, if you are taking notes, is entitled The Ministry of the Table. The Ministry of the Table. When Instagram first came out, I basically only posted pictures of food that I made for everyone. No joke. I loved it. I would post recipes, hosting tips on my Insta story. I was all about it. Then one day at work, I remember sitting in an important meeting. I was on my phone messaging someone and one of our close colleagues, a friend of ours, walked past and made the comment, what are you doing, Nadia? Probably just posting another dinner party picture. And then I guess uh, impersonating me, he kind of joked and said, here's how to make some yummy food, he joked. He laughed and I laughed 
nervously. And from that moment, I stopped posting pictures of hosting. I stopped posting recipes. I was embarrassed. I worked for a church, but I had this sinking feeling that food and hosting and ministry was a bit of a joke, that my posts were a bit of a joke. And I should have trusted my gut that day. I should not have let the words of someone else in. Probably they never meant to harm me. I'm sure that he was just having a laugh. But I shouldn't have let my own insecurities get the better of me that day. Fast forward maybe 10 years, and I have come to learn that one of the best ways that we can serve others is through the kindness of hospitality. We're doing a series at the moment called We Are Local, talking about what it means to be a part of this family. Every family has values, every family has ways that they do things. And we thought, you know what, as we're coming out of the season of lockdown and starting to get to know one another, we need to make sure that we're talking about who we are as a family. And this has to be a key part of our DNA, hospitality. We are started with dinner parties, dinner parties, food in our home, dinner in our home, and then others did the same thing. We got to the point when we were starting the church that we had around 30 to 40 people coming to our home every single week for dinner, and it was amazing. And that was the beginning of our church family. Hospitality is well and truly in the DNA of who we are as a church. And by that, I specifically mean having people in your home, feeding people, breaking bread together, hosting. The scripture says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Now, clearly there is so much more in this scripture than simply just hosting. But today I wanna to focus on the hospitality part for now because the scripture speaks of steps, very key relational steps. It speaks about eating together, drinking together. It speaks of a welcome even when you don't know the other person. But then from there, it talks about a deepening of that relationship, that it doesn't just stop at simply breaking bread, that um, very much is the beginning of that relationship. But through that kind of fellowship together, it moves and transitions into something so much more personal. It goes on to say, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Such a powerful picture of the journey of relationship. What's even more profound in this scripture is the reality that it shows how Jesus describes the separation, the distinguishing of the sheep and the goats. Jesus is saying that to be a Christ follower is to have a posture of hospitality, of open arms, of a welcome for the stranger. When people tell me that they can just do church with their buddies, with their friends, I've got to be honest that one of my first thoughts is the scripture. As Christians, we are called to sacrificially serve one another through the kindness of hospitality. And not just our friends, not just our family, but the stranger, the person who may not give you anything in return. The person who may never come back, there have been so many times throughout the years that I have hosted someone 
and I've never seen them again. But we don't do it for something back in this world. Here's a crazy scripture, one that we may not like. Luke 14, 12 to 14, Jesus is speaking and he says this. And he also went on to say to the one who had invited him, when you have a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may also invite you in return and that will be your repayment. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This scripture is so challenging because it's talking about the fact that as Christians, we are supposed to see beyond just what we can get and how people can add to our lives, but we are actually supposed to give sacrificially by the kindness of hospitality. I often have conversations with people around how they prefer to just have a few people in their lives, and I get that, but how they only invite or connect with people that give them life that give them life. It's huge right now. This whole thing of only creating a world for yourself that serves yourself, only creating a world for yourself that just gives you life. But we don't live just for today. We don't store up just for today. And as Christians, we don't live just for ourselves. We live for something much bigger and much more important. Even as introverts, which by the way, I'm 50% of, we cannot simply use our personality type to ignore the clear direction of the Bible. Here are a few scriptures on hosting and on breaking bread with others. Hebrews 13.2 says this, Do not neglect to show hospitality to who? To strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. I mean, that that scripture blows my mind because I read that and I'm like, oh my gosh, how many times has that happened? Like, did I, was I kind? Was I nice? Because at the end of the day, I think the scripture is really trying to encourage us that we are not there just to look out for ourselves and to get something back. But hospitality is a sacrificial gift. It's a sacrificial kindness. And we are to welcome strangers into our home, to the table, the ministry of the table. First Peter 4 verse 9 says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Woo! That's a word for some people today, myself included. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Romans 12 13 says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Contribute to the needs of the saints. I mean, that's a different message talking about actually getting involved in your local church and making sure that you're a part of it, like a family, like a household. We all have a part to play, but it goes on and says, and seek to show hospitality. Acts 2, 46 says this, and day by day, day by day, not like month by month, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Let's fast forward now 10 years from my friend's comment to today. I learned on, in the ongoing seven years while we were still in New Zealand, in the last three years that we have spent here in Canada, that opening up our home 
dining with strangers at our table will indeed go down as one of the simplest and yet most powerful things I could have done with my life. The ministry of the table. And so today I want to give you some practical tips. Later we're going to get into the why. I've kind of started to share a little bit about why we do this, why this is so important for our local church family. But I also want to give you some tips. I love hosting. Hosting is a part of my gifting. Uh, I didn't start off being incredibly good at it, but I guess it's an art that I've developed over the years. And so I want to share with you some practical tips because there is an art to hosting for sure. But here is the good part. Here is the good news for anyone who's like, oh no, I'm not good at art. I'm not good at hosting or developing an art. This kind of art is not like the kind of art where you have to be inspired and really good at painting and you have to come up with a beautiful masterpiece. Hosting, the art of hosting is more like a paint by numbers. More like if you can just lock in the key things, then anybody can create a masterpiece. And so I really wanna just dive into a a few practical tips that I think are gonna help our entire church family. And I think they're important for both men and women, no matter how old you may be, some practical tips that are going to help you and empower you to believe that you can do it, to believe that you can actually host a wonderful time with some friends and some family or even some strangers. So here we go. We'll get into some hot tips and then we'll get into the why when we finish up. The first tip that I have for you today is have a plan. Have a plan. What's the food plan? Plan before the day. Listen, when you get to my point in hosting, for sure, I end up planning on the day. That's just how it happens. But when you're getting into it and you're wanting to grow in confidence with it, have a plan. Plan before the day. Ask yourself questions like, Do I have enough glasses so that everybody can have a glass of water? Do I have enough plates? Do I have enough cutlery? If not, spend a few bucks down at Value Village or if you want to, you know, have some nicer things, go and invest into a whole set. Ask yourself questions um, on how your life could be made easier while you're hosting. Write this down, paper towels. Amen. That's like revelation from heaven right there. Paper towels. Have some things that are going to empower you to make it easier. Ask yourself questions like, do I have the basics? Listen, if I'm coming to your house, I need salt. Like salt is really important. Do you have salt and pepper? These may seem like the most basic of uh, host tips, but man, are they important. Ask yourself questions like, is my food plan doable? Like, can you actually achieve it? Can I do it? Ask yourself, can I do it without being flustered? This is a question that Levi asks me all the time because I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this like grand plan. It's going to be amazing. And I can see all the food like in my mind. And Levi's like, babe, the question is, are you actually going to enjoy doing this? Like when people arrive, are you going to be like sweating and like, oh my gosh, come in. And it's all crazy. Or, or are you going to be chill? Ask yourself the question, Can I actually achieve this? And if not, ask yourself what you should do. Get a recipe book. Get inspired. Find something that you feel is achievable. If you're not a good cook, then remember, here's the thing. 
That does not discount you from hosting. So many people discount themselves from hosting, but I'm coming for you today. That does not discount you from hosting because a potluck dinner is a winner every single time. Get other people to bring the food, but just start to create a hosting environment. Start doing it. The second hot tip that I have for you is who's coming? Who's coming? Be intentional with creating community. Don't just invite the same people every single time. Consider who you've seen around at church or at work, whatever it might be. And yeah, sure, have that same group, but start to add to that group. Start to invite another person to that group. Be intentional about creating community. And I'll tell you what will happen. You'll bring someone, they'll connect with that person. Then all of a sudden on social media or walking down the street, whatever it might be, you will see those people connecting outside of the gathering that you created. And it's awesome. That is what we want. We want to be intentional about who we are gathering together. Man, I get FOMO all the time because I look back at my friends in New Zealand, people who I've sat down with and I've had them at the table and introduced strangers and now they're all hanging out together but it is a beautiful, beautiful thing because you are doing something that is beyond yourself. Remember that hosting is not always about building your own friendship group. Sometimes it's about helping others to cultivate theirs. Hot tip number three is know your weaknesses. Know your weaknesses. If you find it difficult to converse with others, that also does not discount you from hosting. Just invite your extrovert friend. I also know of people who have had conversation topics, and and kudos to these people, conversation topics pre-planned before hosting because they knew that they just weren't good at conversation. Listen, Whatever you think is discounting you from hosting people, I am telling you that there is a way through it. And here's the thing, the more that you do it, the better you'll get. If you have no idea how to set up your home, find someone who does, watch a YouTube video, phone a friend. If you're terrible at making food, again, ask for help. And like I said, the potluck dinner is winner every time. Don't let your potential weakness become an excuse to never host. Can I just say this? Can we not become the community that relies on just a couple of people, people who do all of the hosting? Let me encourage you today. You can do it. You can do it. Hot tip number four is set the scene. This one's important. And if you're still with me, this one you should probably just take some quick little notes. Set the scene. Lighting is important. Listen. If you're one of those people who likes to turn off every single light in your house unless you are in that room, kudos to you. You are saving money and the environment. Amazing. However, when you have people come over to your home, it is important to create the kind of environment where they feel welcome. And I would encourage you that when people come to your house, any room that is visible to them where they can see it, 
turn the lights on. Do you ever go shopping and there are just lights turned off in certain rooms? You're not walking in there. You know you're not supposed to go in there. And it feels a little bit the same when you go to someone's house. When the lights are off, you feel like, oh, am I even allowed to look in there? I'm not sure, like, is there something? Just turn the lights on. Leave the lights on for just a few hours to create that kind of warmth. Go and buy some candles, create a vibe. Candles are so cheap and are such a nice way to bring warmth and mood to your environment. Be intentional with the lighting. Be intentional with the temperature. Is it too hot? Is it too cold? If it is, do your best to figure it out and adjust it, do your very best. Music, okay, for real, music is important. Just like the lighting thing, I know that there are some people who prefer silence, right? You're just like, no, I just prefer just to be able to hear the person and like there are no other distractions. And that's fine, except for the general public, most people like a little bit of vibe a little bit of music in the background and there are so many playlists that you can play okay i'm actually going to tell you some of them my go-to is french jazz cafe on spotify that is a banger people walk in feel like they're in paris who doesn't want that you could do lo-fi hip-hop i know that jaden has got one that's literally called background beats so that there are background beats. Like there are so many options for you to play so that when people walk in, they're not like, oh my gosh, every single word that I say is gonna be heard. Like I can't even have like a little side conversation. I can't walk in and be like, hey, I've had a really rough day and not everybody hear it. You create that feeling of welcome and it just helps people to feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, let's be honest, when you go out to a cafe, the ones that are empty are the ones that have no vibe no music or too loud it's too loud the music's too loud and so let me encourage you put some music on put those lights on get a candle listen if your house smells sort it out do what you can <laughs> to figure out the smell these are all really really important thing have things have something on arrival as well that's that has got to be another one of setting the scene have something on arrival that will buy you like 30 minutes of just that moment where people are walking in and you're just like, hey, welcome, and there's music and all of that. But if there's something, if there's something on the table, oh, oh my gosh. My go-to, because I'm letting you know the go-tos just to help you out even further today. My go-to is a uh, chopping board with borsin cheese, a sliced French stick, and green grapes. Boom. Like you walk in, that's there. It's like, oh, French Jazz Cafe is playing. My goodness, there's a candle in the corner. I just want to stay here all night. It buys you, like I said, about 30 minutes of just people relaxing into it. And it doesn't need to be extravagant. Get some sparkling water. Let people feel like there's a welcome when they arrive. Lighting, music, smell, all things that are important. They are all the things that determine whether a person wants to go back to that place that they visited. And we wanna create environments where people want to come back. Hot tip number five is accept help. Accept help. Don't be embarrassed to let people help at the end of the night. People want to help. And honestly, it's already enough to like host people. And if you're actually wanting to get to the end of the night, and not be like, I am never doing that ever again, then accept the help that people 
offer. This will make it easier for you to do it often. You'll be happier to do it more often and we'll cultivate the kind of all-in community that we are looking to build as a church. Listen, you don't have to have everything perfect. No, I'll get this. I'll do that. I'll do it all. I love hostess with the mostess, but we need to make sure that we've got something that we can actually continue to keep up and keep going. And so have people over and when they say, hey, can I help out? Go, yeah, you can. Show them how to stack your dishwasher. If you don't like wooden spoons in the dishwasher, just say it. Did you know what? That's okay. No one's going to get offended by that or be or feel awkward about that. Just give people instructions so that next time they come over, you know that you're not going to be in it alone, that you're not doing it solo. I remember years ago when we started having teenagers at our house and I'm talking all the time and we had a, we Levi had built a half court at the back of our house so I'm not joking I would show up at home and there would be people at my house even though no one was there they'd just make their way down the side gate and they'd just all be there we had people at our house all the time and teenage boys literally eat anything and everything and so we were continually hosting and it would get tiring I was like oh my gosh I can't until we clicked and it was like let's actually teach these teenagers how to clean up let's actually get them involved in being a part of the cleanup let's teach them how to wash dishes how to make it you know make it all nice how to wipe down the countertop we did all of that and we ended up with a family of people who just knew that at the end of the night we all jumped in and we all made it happen and it meant that we wanted to do it more often except help so those are my five hot tips but then there's the why. Why? Why do we want people to host? What takes place when we host? And why do we believe that as a church, this is so important, such a core part of who we are? If you're taking notes, the first why is that the lonely find family at the table. The lonely find family at the table. We want people to have friends. We want people to have family. Our key scripture today says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Um, Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God places the lonely in families. I was so blessed a few weekends ago to be invited by Mali to uh, her birthday weekend. And honestly, I got there and I was like, this is like a kind of random group of women. We'd never really like hung out together. I don't even know if we'd all been at church together at one time, but it was really cool. It was quite eclectic. And we all got to know one another and form wonderful friendships. I looked at that group of people and I didn't see a click. I saw a group of people who otherwise may not have found themselves all hanging out together. And it was through the kindness and hospitality of Marley Spencer just saying, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna host these women, which was just amazing. When someone decides to step out and host, wonderful things take place. Unexpected friendships form. Over the years, I have hosted literally thousands of people in my home. I've had seasons where we had a budget of $50 a week for our food 
and yet we still manage to welcome people. Like I said, you can never go wrong. The potluck dinner is always a winner. There, were always, there was always a way. And so can I encourage you, even if your finances are small at the moment, don't let that be a reason for you not to host. Don't be um, worried or, or um, worrying about what kind of food that you can provide. People just want to connect. I've had seasons in uh, our lives where our living space was tiny. I'm talking teeny tiny, like small little apartment, but no one ever complained when they came over. No one was upset at having to sit on the floor. We hosted a Christmas party because basically every Christmas, um, apart from maybe three or four over the course of our marriage, 16 years, we have kept the morning for family, but the afternoon or the evening for people with perhaps no place to go or no family during Christmas. And so we would host. And one year we were cramped into our small little lounge and I remember one guy, I don't even remember his name, I had never met him. He was brought by a friend, had tears in his eyes most of the time because he said that he just felt so blessed to be there. Even though, listen, he had a paper plate, there wasn't enough food because they hadn't catered enough for all the extra people who had come. It was late, really late. The food, I like did not do a good job of planning it. And he was sitting on the floor. And yet there he was feeling so blessed to be hosted in my home. And today I don't know his name. I never saw him again, but I do believe that impacted his life. We can all do something. We can all make a start, no matter what is in our hands. And I love the story of God speaking to Moses. What is in your hand? What is in your hand today? Use what you have. The second reason, the second why behind why this is so important for us as a church is that hearts open at the table. Hearts open at the table. Like I said, the scripture shows steps, relational steps. That deep and meaningful relationship, the kind where someone is sick and the other is there. And it starts by breaking bread together. Why? Because sharing a meal together connects people together. That's why the saying goes, a family that eats together stays together. In fact, an Abbott study was done to show the benefits of sharing a meal together. Studies showed that children of families that regularly eat dinner together are less likely to suffer from anxiety and more likely to enjoy boosted self-esteem. But it goes beyond children. The study showed that eating together helps solve people's problems. It said this, food and conversation are a perfect pairing and a chance for people of all generations to learn from each other. The article went on to say this, need one last reason to dine as a group? How about the fact that it can flood your body with happy chemicals? Sharing meals with others releases oxytocin, better known as the love hormone. No wonder Psychology Today lists eating together as a top 10 way to boost good feelings. I believe that what takes place at the table is holy. I believe in the power of having a meal together. I believe as Christians, it should be a hallmark of our faith 
Here's the thing, and this is, this jumped out at me as I started to write it. All of the people I've met here in Canada were once strangers, but a welcome and a meal built a church family. And that's how we will continue to build not just a congregation of individuals, but a family of people. The third reason why we do it, why we believe in it, is that discipleship happens at the table. That's where iron sharpens iron. It's the place where we can learn and grow or teach and share. I would say that the reason why we are still in touch with so many of the youth leaders or, or the youth back in New Zealand who are now adults, some of them being our best friends, is not because we were once their pastors. It's not because we're special or um, charismatic or talented. It's none of those. I believe it's because of the time we spent in our home breaking bread together, spending time together, sharing a meal. It develops the kind of relationships where you always have each other's back, no matter what takes place in life. You know that those people are going to be with you until the end, that beautiful um, picture of the steps, the relational steps that Jesus is talking about. Those moments where you've enjoyed a great dinner and people's hearts are open. Then you move into the lounge and you sit and you talk and you grow. And as a pastor, for me personally, you get a chance to help people with their lives at least as best as you can. Can I encourage parents or couples who have a few years behind their belt, having people in your home who recently got married or who want to have children or, or whomever, having people in your home will help others to navigate their journey in life. Watching you do life helps others to do life. If you haven't picked up on it yet, our church believes in relational discipleship. We build relationships and disciple people through doing life together. Of course, we will provide courses, we may have group studies, etc. But after 16 years of ministry, Levi and I have come to understand that you can provide as many courses as you want. But if there's no ministry of the table, then when times get tough, when faith is tested, giving up will be easier, Losing your way will be easier. Getting lost on the path of life will be easier. And that's why we need community. We need to do life together. Hold one another accountable for the random stuff that we say or do. We need the ministry of the table. And the fourth and final reason I want to share today as to why it's important, why we believe this is a core value for us as a church, why this is who we are, we are local and we have ministry at the table, is that we do it for Jesus. We do it for Jesus. We welcome people into our family because he welcomed us into his family. And when you remember this and have this at the forefront of your mind and know it in your heart, then it gives you the fire, the passion, the excitement to do it in return. It gives it great meaning. Like contentment should be um, something that sets us apart, which I spoke about in our series, The Practice of Biblical Living. So too, hospitality should also set us apart. 
We do it to build his family, God's family, to do his work, to provide the same welcome that he gave us, the same open arms that he showed us. Remember that the only thing we take with us when we leave this earth is the relational. Let's be a community who understand the power and the value of the ministry of the table. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the wonderful privilege that it is to be a part of your family. And God, I just pray right now for our church family, for local church. I just pray, Father, that this word would find a place in people's hearts, that it would sow a seed, and that together we would be the kind of people who welcome the stranger, who open our arms to others, who open our homes to others, who allow that time and space for ministry of the table. Father, I pray that this would be an area in our church that you would bless, that you would pour out your spirit upon. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word today. Would you bless every person who is tuned in? And every person said, Amen. You know, um, you may have been listening to this message today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You're going, Nadia, that sounds all amazing. I'd love to be a part of a family like that. Can I just uh, let you know and encourage you that you can be a part of an incredible family and that is the family of God that is coming into God's house, that is coming into his world, allowing him to come into your world. Revelation 3 verse 20 says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Did you know that he wants to do life with you? He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to walk with you. He wants to journey with you. And the amazing thing is, is that it's a free gift that he offers us. And all we need to do is simply pray a prayer. And by praying a prayer, it's like the scripture says, we open the door. He stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks and he wants to come in. And I love the fact that he says, have a meal with us. He wants to come and eat with us. In other words, he wants to do life with you. He wants to start that relational journey with you. And the incredible thing that takes place is when you pray this prayer and truly invite God into your heart and, and repent, which is just saying, you know what? I need correction. I'm going in the wrong way for what God has for me. And I'm going to start going in the right way. When we do that, Jesus comes in and he stands in the gap so that when God, the father looks at us, he doesn't see all of our stuff and all of the issues. He sees Jesus, who is blameless, who, who paid the price for us, who hung on the cross and literally had his arms stretched open wide to humanity, saying that it's not just for me, it's not just for that person, but it is for each and every one of us. So I'm going to say a line of a prayer, which you can then repeat. And if you're going to pray this prayer, I encourage you to pray it from your heart. And then afterwards, we will have a bunch of hosts that will be there to help you on the journey. We don't want you to do this by yourself. This whole message is about making sure that we are doing life with people. And certainly we want to make sure 
that as you step into this faith journey, you've got people who have your back. You've got people who can journey with you. And so you can do that just by ticking the, uh, clicking the button and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm raising my hand and I'm praying this prayer. But the prayer goes like this. Would every person who's tuning in today close your eyes and pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you today, would you come into my life and forgive me for my sin? I ask, Father, that I would no longer walk alone, but that you would walk with me. I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Like I said, click that button because it doesn't stop here. Yes, you've prayed that prayer and it's awesome. And it's a moment where Jesus truly comes into your life. But we want to walk the journey with you. We want to answer any questions that you have, uh, help you with any thoughts that you may have and walk the journey with you today. Well, I love you, church. I hope that you are enjoying this new series that we are doing, We Are Local. Be sure to tune in next week to our online campus. How good, our online campus. It's pretty amazing. The incredible Sean and Dory doing such a stellar job at making sure that people are connected with. Love you so much, and we will see you next week. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.